Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. Rained in Scottsdale. (laughs) (laughs) Nashville was out of hot chicken. Can you call this first world problems? (laughs) No, because you got to go on a private jet. I did. (laughs) But still. (laughs) So I'm still mad about that. But we had such a good time. And it is, whether you're going there for the nightlife and adult fun or taking the family, I think it's a... It's a really cool place. If you haven't been there in a while, I agree with you. It's it's somewhere I'd go quickly. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm host Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball from living our lives and having conversations in our city. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. So this podcast is where we give you inside access to the behind-the-scenes scoop, things that were too hot to print or too much to fit in the magazine, basically what's left on the editing room floor. So let's dive into the newest issue. With me today is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam, and we're talking about a topic hot on everyone's minds and lips, travel. Fun sneak peek, our upcoming July August issues dedicated to travel, including the highly curated 100-plus drivable bucket list, things to do close by and up to five hours away. So for the last few months, our team has been doing a tough job traveling, (laughs) eating, drinking, and researching on destinations and places for you to visit. So, Melissa, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. And look, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Um, But Everybody knows, you know, travel excitement has reached new heights. Um, Even in spite of soaring gas prices, people are just really ready to escape and um, get back to traveling. Uh, And so while summer is sort of the quintessential travel issue for many publications, we actually have a dedicated getaway feature in every issue. So in this particular issue that's on the streets right now in June is Charleston. And while we don't have the luxury to fly around the world, we wish we did, (laughs) we have a well-traveled team and also do get the opportunity on occasion to take press trips when it makes sense. And it's a city that we are already covering or plan to cover. In this case, you you and Lauren visited Charleston in April for a story that's in our current June issue. Right. What a treat, I have to say. Lauren had actually only ever been to Charleston once. Um, I had spent a great deal of my 20s there um, and many weekends. I almost moved there, actually. Ended up moving to Chicago instead, uh, a story for a whole different podcast. Um, But it's really cool to go back to a place that you are going with somebody who's never really experienced it. And then at the same time, to, to a place that you haven't been back to in a long time and knew so well. And those two things together, it's, it's really unique. 
Yeah, it sort of became our peg. Whether you've driven down 95 a million times or you're headed to the the holy city for the first time, it's worth a visit. Like Raleigh, they have really um, exploding food scene, beard-nominated chefs, Mm -hmm. new concepts popping up. It also has something Raleigh doesn't in its strict architectural codes. Yeah, I think the thing about Charleston that really struck me after a hiatus was— Okay, so we actually just talked about this on another podcast. Raleigh's changing all the time. If you if you hadn't been in Raleigh in 10 years and you came back, you would probably not recognize it to some extent. But Charleston was a complete opposite experience. I felt like I was there yesterday, yet at the same time, I got to experience all these hotels and bars and restaurants that were brand new. And that is a tribute to their architectural codes. Um, and they and they do it in such a beautiful way. But so we actually got to stay for one in uh, a couple places, but um two of them were designed by ls three p, which might ring a bell. Yes, one of our favorites. Um Steve Hepler is the principal architect um, and runs ls three p here in Raleigh. And does they just do amazing designs all over. All over the country, but but certainly have been done some neat things in Charleston where they're based out of. Yeah, and that was a surprise. I found that out talking to the manager of the French Quarter Inn, which was the second one that we stayed in, which was a little more of a, um, in my words, like historic vibe, whereas the Spectator was much more modern. But it was so cool to see these two completely unique sister hotels a block from each other, have no idea that LS3P, you know, devised them and learned that. And when he told me that, I was like, wait, what? And then talk to Steve about it after. Yeah. So but I think wh- they ate their way through Charleston. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She talks about hotels and the <laughs> design and the architecture, but the food and drink is really what they did. Yeah. I was like, talking about the hotels where we spent zero time and I definitely didn't get enough sleep, but it was a blast. Uh, one of the coolest experiences, though, was Lewis Barbecue. We had dinner there on a Monday. This is important because I'd say the line out the door and down the street was about 100 deep. And Lauren asked them, like, is this normal? Like, this is crazy, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, this is normal for a Monday. Like, as the week goes on, it goes down the block, around the corner. And it was, you know, I find myself sitting there like, how good is this food? Like, why are people doing this? Okay, first of all, it was delicious. But second of all, it was an experience. So, like— Picture outside, there's there's a, first of all, there's a bar in the parking lot, smart, right? Like a food truck bar yeah. kind of thing. And then, or a trailer maybe, but it was tented, so shade. Uh, lots of picnic tables and lots of just picture like men from Charleston in their bow ties and their blazers, like standing around, sipping cocktails, having happy hour basically. And why, your whole party doesn't have to wait in line, you know, just tag each other out. And the other thing they do well is when you get to the front, you get your food. So you're not getting to the front line to order and then go sit and wait 20 more minutes. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's a pretty unique experience, I think. And I should say, too, while we were there, we got a tour of the Smokers, um, which this wasn't in the story. They were hand-built by pitmaster John Lewis. And they also told us that last year, so they did a lot of—they survived COVID well, obviously, and they did a lot of takeout. um, But they went through 250,000 pounds of brisket last year, the biggest fire in the southeast. So, I mean, this place is an institution. I can't fathom that. I know, right? That's a lot of meat. (laughs) But, you know, 
I often say those the things that you find that you enjoy the most and and the travels that I've done are the things that you just happen upon. Yes, you went to all the things in your itinerary, but you happened upon and found a couple of interesting things, right? Yes, um, we so we had a planned dinner at Her Provisions. Definitely go there if you're in Charleston. But credit to Lauren, we hit we were full of food and alcohol, and so she's like, "Let's just walk back to the hotel." And I was like, "What?" We were, like, at the very top of King Street. It was a two-and-a-half-mile walk back to the hotel, which was by the famous market. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess we've been doing nothing but eating and drinking. So this was so cool. And we stumbled upon this place called the Republic Garden and Lounge. We never would have known about. And also just to see all of King Street. Oh, the yeah. whole thing was amazing. But Republic Garden and Lounge was truly an oasis. You just go—we, like, started to walk past it, and then I walked in reverse— and walk through the door. <laughs> it's, uh, you go through a door to go right back outside, and there was a live band playing. They were playing things like Snow Patrol and the Eagles and, you know, just music most people love. And um, it just had this feel-good vibe, and it was like literally a garden oasis. They also had a side that wasn't open that night. This was a Tuesday night that was for weekend bottle service, like elevated weekend bottle service. So it was a neat find. Well, I'm going back. I can't tell you. From the time that you went— through now, how many friends I have that have been to Charleston, and not any connection to us, but have been and have eaten in all the same places and fallen in love and said, mm-hmm. I'm going back. It's just, I haven't been in a long time. Not not avoiding it, just other been traveling other places. Yeah, Lauren's already been back. She went back <laughs> for her sister's bachelorette party. And now my, my family's like, when can we go? And my friends want to go. I mean, it really, it's a great city. But we tell a lot of great stories about we other do. great cities. And I, so um, January, my girlfriends and I decided to go to Scottsdale for a long weekend to celebrate a birthday. And so we did a lot of research, and they always count on me to know all the best places. Now, I did live in Scottsdale many years ago when I was first starting my career, but it's such a great city. I mean, Phoenix is a great city, but Scottsdale is such a special area. But I have to tell you, after living there, it never rains, right? It never rains. You're in the desert. Well, guess what? It rained. The one weekend a year that it rains, we're there, and a monsoon blows through, and literally there is enough hail outside the spa door that it looks like it's covered in snow. They were shocked. They had no idea it was even going to happen that day or was blowing in. So I'm not sure my girlfriends had the best experience. But we stayed in really cool hotel that I just, you know, loved. It it was uh, the Montalucha. It was the Omni Scottsdale Resort. And it, you know, yes, it sounds like an Omni, but it didn't look like an Omni. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But it was not like some big commercial hotel. We all had special suites. Right. And it was really sort of a southwestern decor. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it was gorgeous. And the spa was amazing. Um I have to give I have to give you a lot of credit. I worked on the remote staff for Scottsdale Magazine for years and years, and so from an editorial standpoint, I knew a lot of the what was new, hip, now coming. And your knowledge of Scottsdale was wildly impressive. Um, it's just fascinating how much spending time in a place can help someone else reimagine it as a reader, you know. And huh. so for you to have been there recently totally changes the game for telling that getaway story. Well, and I always do that, and I think most people do. If I'm going somewhere that I've never been, and I know you've lived there for a little while or you've been there, those are the people that have the best spots. I, oh, you know, I yeah. get you can Google it and see what the top 10 places are, but generally speaking, 
That's not the best advice. It's really not. I just, as a side note, I just went to New York. My cousin lives there. I tried the whole Googling thing and ended up just being like, Allie, where should I go? And, you know, she— it was the best advice of just like, you know, an insider's point of view instead well, the, of trying to find the best rooftop or right. whatever. The online stuff often feels generic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it, um, but I will tell you two places that we ad- adored besides the hotel. We found a bar that was in another hotel not far from ours that was called Jade, which was just stunningly gorgeous. It was all glass. And you looked out over, um, this golf course, but with all these palm trees, it was just stunning. But it happened that the bartender um, had just been nominated for a huge award and had just released his cocktail book. And oh. he had just gotten the shipment in the day that we were there. He was beyond excited, got a book, got it signed, kind of fun. And then the other one, which is, I'm probably sure if you live there, um, I don't know if people would love this spot, but I thought it was fun. It was called bourbon and bones, and no matter what <laughs> cocktail you order, no matter what time of day, they served you a plate of bacon. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. No matter what drink it was, you got a plate of bacon. Even if you asked for it or you didn't, it, you still got a plate of bacon. Well, you know everybody loves bacon, so. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, Chicago is that way. So I lived, I had lived in Scottsdale, so that made it a little bit easier. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, Visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. I was going to Chicago. You you lived in Chicago. Yes. And so this one felt like a lot of pressure to me um, writing this story. For and let me interject that she lobbied hard that she could not possibly cover a city like Chicago in a page and a half. That She <laughs> needed more space. She was special. I got I got two pages. Um, and I still think I had to cut some to go online. But there's just so much in Chicago. And while I have been back home now for a long time, um, you know, there's still your classics. And then on top of that, I still— I've been back to visit and have luckily have some friends and editorial connections still there. They're able to keep me like in the know of what's like the hip thing. So we we kind of had a good mix of like your staples and your classics and then things that were so fresh that you just had to go to Chicago right now and do. But you had quite the visit when you went. Well, I'd never been. I mean, I had never been and cutting to the chase, the last day I'm sitting at brunch and I'm on the phone with Delta trying to to change my flight. I wanted one more day. That's how much I felt like I still had to do. But we did. We um, saw the Cubs. Yes. Went to Wrigleyville, danced, and enjoyed um, some adult beverages. But, you know, we went to the Bean. But I also found some off-the-beaten-path stuff. I mean, we went to—we found a great little—they go not a whiskey bar, punk rock venue in Lincoln Park. <laughs> it has a, you know, it, they looked at us when we walked in like, we don't do tourists. And for a long time, we sat at the end of the bar and the guy wouldn't even speak to us. 
I mean, it was so like Chicago. we were so not cool enough to be there, and we were because we were there when they opened the doors. But but it turned made friends. The guy gave me a bag of postcards and said, "Share it with all your friends," and bought me a drink of any whiskey I wanted before I left. I mean, it was just really cool. But then did some really high end. We did Cindy's rooftop where you could overlook the bean, yeah. which was fun. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as somebody who's a little bit of a TV junkie, I like Chicago Fire, that television yeah. show, mm-hmm. as silly as that sounds. Um, no, and it's a great show. And there's a bar in there that they call Molly's. Mm-hmm. And I loved that spot, and I knew it existed, and so it's really Lottie's. And so we went back there. Yeah, to check it out. So we covered we covered those in our in our roundup. I thought that was really fun to do from like a first time visitors standpoint. Oh, yeah. And of course, we covered your Navy Pier and um, the river the, and that that river, but that ride or that the architectural the architectural cruise. cruise you at, no one should ever go there without doing it. I did it during the day, and I would do it again. But I also hear they do a night one, which sounds fun. Yeah, I I will say that too. So when I lived in Chicago, people didn't visit me; they visited Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got to do all the touristy things and, you know, you're picturing a double-decker bus and all these things. But the two that I would absolutely recommend and say do not go to Chicago without doing are the architectural tour, which I would do again and again. Um, and I've never done it at night. I should do that. And then there's a um, a gangster tour, you know, because Chicago is a mob town. Oh, so I know about that one. So that is actually really cool. And then, so for me, some of the other things that I included that weren't like your obvious, you know, um, like the Bean or Navy Pier, uh, when we were especially diving into like restaurants and bars, um, I moonlit at a bar in Chicago called Full Shilling. I lived in Wrigleyville. I taught at DePaul and was writing and um, then also— Chicago's not cheap, so bartended, and um, plus you don't teach in the summer. So that was so fun to bartend in Wrigley. That bar, for people who are familiar with the Cubs, is where the famous hot dog um, is from, the famous hot dog man. And I actually, this is so funny. I didn't even tell you this. I put in the story, so go to Full Shilling before or after the game for a free hot dog. Mm-hmm. And then I text my best friend and was like, they're still doing that, right? Like, I just got nervous, and she was like, I don't know. You better text our friends. So uh, my old GM still lives above Full Shilling. He doesn't work there anymore, but I text him. I'm like, is Shilling still doing dogs? And he was like, no, the new owners stopped during COVID. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> took it, took that part out, but everything else was still legit. Right when the issue came out, he was like, the dogs are back. <laughs> I was like, damn it. My favorite thing about that is, you know, every— and. Every city has or area has their own hot dog thing. Yeah. So they run it through the garden. That's what a hot dog is in yeah. Chicago. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. We had a hot dog bar at Full Shilling, and the first time I ever laid it out, I was like, what is this? Like, it's not, you know, here what you've got. Chili and slaw and onion. Yeah, and, and this dog. is the rainbow, really, of what you can put on a hot dog, and it's I don't even really remember, but the garden's a good way to put it. That's what they call it, yeah. your garden dog. Yeah, Run absolutely. the garden. And I joked, you know, we could talk about Chicago all day, uh, but I joked that if Chicago was below the Mason-Dixon line, I never would have left. Um, I found out later that the two years I was there that I was tortured. I was. I also made the joke that it was the, the South Park line, South Park line that it's winter and July. And, and that was my experience, but I didn't know until after the fact 
that it was both the the two winters were the coldest on record and the most <sighs> snow in a hundred years, or or I vice left. versa. But yeah, I, it was freezing. Um, and so I didn't have anything to compare it to. I just thought that was Chicago, you know. Yeah. And then after I left, it was this like Raleigh mild winter there, and I was like, oh, but. It was a great experience, but speaking of below the Mason-Dixon line, that brings us to another one of our faves, which is Atlanta. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I I lived there after college. My second job was in Atlanta in the TV business, and um, I I know people. some people really don't like Atlanta, and some people say, oh, the traffic and the crime and the this and the that. You know, if I had to move, somebody said you can live anywhere but Raleigh. You can't live here. I'd be in Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. still my favorite city. It's a great um, city. I, you know, I really enjoy it, and I love all that it has to offer. But I, I have been there many times, and Ponce Market is such a cool thing. And that's new. I mean, that's yeah. not, you know, it used to be underground Atlanta. There's no doubt if you listen to this or know me well, you know that I love college football. <laughs> and somebody else who loves it as much is sitting across from me. Yes. But if you haven't been to the College Football Hall of Fame, you don't have to be a huge fan, and your team doesn't even have to be good. But when you walk in, they give you a lanyard. They tell you to pick your team. And as soon as every time you walk into a different exhibit room, your team lights up. Everything becomes red and black for me. And um, it's all about Georgia. And in fact, one of our good friends, Mark Primonte, who went to NC State and won the Lou Groves Award, he is— Go Pack. I think— <laughs> I, 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 I am careful to get my facts right here. I know at the time I went, he was the only NC State player in the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh. That may have changed since then, so I'm not going to go out on a limb here. But it was really cool to see someone that you personally know and respect um, there. So it's worth, yeah. again, and it's right next door to the aquarium. Um, so, But for a little adult fun, I love Blind Willies, which is— yes. um, Sort of like an eternal Atlanta blues festival yes. that you can just go to every day. Every night. And, of course, the Beltline. So you've got just a line, really, of— breweries and art and street music and speaking of adult playgrounds I mean you just couldn't think of anywhere better to spend your time I was actually born in Atlanta I didn't live there past three months old but my mom's family transplanted there from Minnesota when she was a teenager well well transplanted to Raleigh and then Atlanta I digress so um, I spent a lot of my childhood and youth there um, summers you know and so I watched Atlanta change over the course of my life and then fun fact um, up until I was at Raleigh Magazine, I was out of I was living in Raleigh, but out of the Atlanta office was my base, and I was doing editorial for a handful of magazines in Atlanta. So, seeing all these things emerge, you know, Pont City Market and and all of that, and how Atlanta changed over the years, it really is a place if you haven't been to in a while that's absolutely worth going back to. And I, and I've I've talked about this before. I for spring break last year took my boys and my teenage boys. And we stayed in the Centennial Park area. Um, you know, I, silly of me, bought World of Coke tickets, and they're like, Mom, we're not eight. And I was like, okay. We ended <laughs> up on scooters and e-bikes and saw the city in a way that I had never seen it. I had lived there, but I was, you know, always driving or in an Uber. And we found ourselves on they were shooting a movie and they had streets closed, but because we were sort of on foot and on scooters, we could get close. They really got to see in Atlanta in a way that most people don't get to see it. 
my oldest and I, he's a sneakerhead, mm-hmm. and I hopped on um, the scooters and went down to Five Points from Centennial Park to like six sneakerhead shops shopping. And in, and it was linked all the way back. At one point, we almost made a wrong turn and ended up on 75, which would not oh, have God. been good. <laughs> um, but That's the not fun part about Atlanta. Yeah. Right. The, the roads. But the we, uh, But we had such a good time. And it is whether you're going there for the nightlife and adult fun or taking the family, I think it's a it's a really cool place. And if you haven't been there in a while, I agree with you. It's it's somebody somewhere I'd go quickly. Campbell University School of Law offers a wholly online or in-person two-semester patent law certificate program designed for technology executives, engineers, paralegals, and more. The deadline to apply for the patent law certificate program is August 1st, Learn more and apply at law.campbell.edu. Yeah, and I think this is, because you mentioned a little while ago, like, oh, I don't, these Google lists aren't really worth anything. I think that's where the point, or not not worth anything, but they're not as good as the insider scoop, right. right? So I think that's really the point of this podcast and our getaway stories, is that they're not just listicles of the top 10 rooftop bars or the newest thing in town now. It really is through experiences of a well-traveled team of people and us resourcing, too, to the people that we still know that live in these places, what, what people should be doing. I mean, so it's a true itinerary if you're going to one of these cities. To, and all of these are still on our website. So if you're going to any of these cities. So speaking of which, Paris Flight will be returning, all, knocking on all the wood, in August. And so believing yes. in that, our July-August getaway story is Paris, um, yes. which Lauren we, had, had a friend who was staying in Paris and spent just shy of two weeks over there. Um, and is uh, <laughs> so jealous. And now with the direct flight coming back, we're going to share her experience and a very curated list of places that she enjoyed finding and things to do. So again, there is research behind this. This isn't just, uh, we really want this to be something you can use and enjoy and and feel like you have a, a, a friend. Yeah, this is, you know, really, um, it's actually a great getaway story. You know, it's Lauren does Paris, and it was unique for somebody's first time there to, mm-hmm. to work through the city. And she was staying with somebody who was living there, too. So she wasn't just a tourist, really. She had an insider's point of view. But speaking of insider's point of views, knowing jump back to the south of uh, uh, U.S., um, Nashville. Yes, all three of us. Um have been to Nashville and have uh, have worked on this story and helped out with picking our favorite places. Yeah, Lauren had recently been, I believe, for a wedding. Um, I had been a couple years ago on a girls' trip that, thankfully, what happens in Nashville stays in Nashville. But I had also just been back. I have a cousin who I'm really close to who lives there now with his family and visited him. So speaking of, like, you know, having locals there now, and then but stayed close to Broadway. Right. Um, and got to play like a tourist as well. And you had been. Yeah, we went. Um, Georgia was playing Vanderbilt for a season nice. opener. And so <laughs> we, any excuse to, to get out of town um, and went to Nashville for a football game and then made the most of it. And we've been a couple of times, but this was the first in a while. And it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it was fun. Um, there are too many places to name. I mean, yeah. there's something, you know, if— if you're not a bar hopper, there's there's good breweries, there's good shopping. Um, there's a river. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that the hotel I stayed in, I would necessarily recommend to anyone, but I waited too late and was trying to stay near the football game. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, we went to the Bluebird Cafe, um, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a, a songwriter's roundup on Saturday night. The tickets are only $10 and they go on sale a week in advance. And literally you have to get your name on the list. I happened to be there the night that the, there were f- four or five guys, and one of them was one of the writers for Mary Morris. One was worked with Taylor Swift. I mean, and they just sit there and talk and play music, and you sit and watch and listen. It was one of the coolest things I've done. It, you know, yeah. And I've been to Grand Old Opry. I've done all that stuff, but this was unique. You really, if you go, you really, whether you like country music or not, if you like music, period, you really do have to go to Broadway and walk around and just feel the energy. Um, and I would highly recommend a place like Tootsie's that has all the history. Yes. Um, pick up our story if you want to learn more about that or go to their website. But that place is really, really um, got a lot of history to it, and it's a good time. And and really just any—you can't go wrong on Broadway, I feel like. And I found that I enjoyed listening to the music, some of, some of the up-and-coming talent mm-hmm. during the yes. day. That's what I was going to say. It was yeah. much more fun to sit in some of these places and and listen to the bands play and know that that's likely going to be somebody who's yeah. who's making it you know, five years from now. I've done it twice now, and I would say hands down, my favorite time on Broadway is eleven a.m. with a you know a Bloody Mary or a mimosa or whatever beer if that's true what you want at that time and. Like, it's not as crowded. You can actually, like, interact with the musicians. They will play what you want, and you don't have to drop a Benjamin for them to do it. And, I mean, tip them, though. And it's just, like, it's just so much easier to walk around. Once it gets dark and, like, really dark. But I would also say, though, during the week when it's not as crowded at night, there's a bunch of rooftops. And the Mm -hmm. first night we got there was a weeknight, and we went up to one of those rooftops, and it wasn't that crowded, and it was just so fun. And then um, off the beaten path, or at least off Broadway, we went to Lauren and I both separately went to the Butcher and the Bee, and Mm -hmm. I highly recommend if you're going to Nashville. And I did the classic, you know, everybody does it. I went to Hattie B's. Oh, yeah. I happened to be there on a Sunday of that. This was uh, Labor Day weekend, and they literally were out of their chicken sandwich. No. Stood in line for an hour, and they did not have a chicken sandwich. Let me get this straight. It rained in Scottsdale. (laughs) (laughs) Nashville was out of hot chicken. Can you call this first world problems? (laughs) No, because you got to go on a private jet. I did. But still. (laughs) So I'm still mad about that. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. You deserve it. (laughs) Yeah, so I just um, had the opportunity to visit Atlantic City over Memorial Day weekend for a story that we have planned for the future. Hard Rock bought the Taj Mahal Hotel um, on the Jersey Jersey boardwalk and over the last couple of years, and they have launched air service, private jet air service from about five or six cities across the U.S., and Raleigh is one of them. And um, if you follow the magazine or me on Instagram, you saw that I had quite the weekend. It was a girlfriend's trip, and we flew out um, with about 20 people on this private jet um, landed, could not have asked for better service. It was incredible. I can say I, I've never gambled before. Um, the three times I have been to Las Vegas, I was pregnant every time. So <laughs> what? A, de- a story for another day. Not sure how that happened exactly. Um, I didn't get pregnant. I was pregnant. 
Oh, clarification there. <laughs> um, but so I had a chance to take my my crap skills and put them to play and ended up coming home with a little bit more money than I left with, not much. But it, it was a great trip, and it was really interesting to see the cities that they've targeted across the country to fly people in. I will say at this moment, as of today, we found out they have paused that service. The flight they have paused. They're trying to work out some things with uh, the the flight, um, the airplane, the flight service, whatever you want to call it. The carrier, The carrier. And they hope to have it back, and we'll keep you posted on that. But it was a phenomenal trip, and it was well worth it. It was a great weekend. And you saw Kenan Thompson. I did. So (laughs) the crazy part of this trip was— um, they planned our itinerary and shared it with us, and then we realized that Dave Chappelle was playing that night in the Hard Rock live space and could not get tickets. I tried very hard. Oh. I, love, I love Dave Chappelle. But what was funny was the next morning, my girlfriend Laura and I were in the elevator going to the gym, and these two guys get on. I don't have any idea who they are. I don't recognize anyone. And <laughs> she all of a sudden starts being— just trying to be funny. I mean, like, <laughs> weird funny. And I said, so did you guys go see Dave Chappelle? And they, of course, said, yeah, best show ever. Well, that was Kenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. I'm I, I'm so jealous. So Lauren and I are both, like, huge SNL fans. And, you know, I like, we've just talked about it so much this year because you have a lot of big people making their exits. Um, but anyway, Kenan is not one of them, thankfully. So I think now he's the longest-running staff member. But— um, on Saturday Night Live, but, I mean, we talk about it every week when there's live shows, like, new ones, and it's just when she came back and was like, I saw him, and I didn't know who it was, Lauren, and I were like, oh, my God. Did she give you shit after when she realized you didn't know who it was? Yeah, a little bit. She goes, really? And I said, I watched it. I just I just didn't pick up on it. And and I, and I would not have been a person to take a photo or a selfie. And she's like, I was going to ask, but I knew you wouldn't do it. I'm like, no, I don't do that stuff. That is so but, funny. But it was, you know, it was really a fun experience. Um, and it, while the first night was sort of locals to Atlantic City, the second night, you saw the Manhattan royalty roll in because Dave oh. Chappelle was playing. Yeah. And so it was, it was kind of cool. I'm still so jealous. You know, it's funny when that press release came through. I was so excited about the story. I totally missed the part where they're like, "We're we welcome you on this experience." And so I'm like, "Can we have to do this story?" And she was like, "I'm going." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, seventy. So honestly, funny. we get offered trips all the time, and I have never taken one. And I this was pretty cool. Well, yeah, this kind of comes full circle because you, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we don't get to do this a lot. Putting out a monthly is 24-7 work. It's a labor of love. Um, We have a small, very dedicated, um, talented team. And we don't have, though, the bandwidth to be running around the country, you know, on press trips all the time. And so we do maybe one, two a year between us. And But as you also said, we're we're well-traveled on our own, and we've lived different places. And so we're able to bring that all together. Um, I just got back from New York. We're doing Mm -hmm. a travel story on that this year. The team is going to Asheville. We're doing a travel story on that. So we have a lot more in store for yeah, you and probably another podcast to come with it. But So a couple of quick we rapid-fire questions. Which of these cities we've talked about would you hop on a plane and go this weekend? Nashville, for sure. Hmm. What would what Chicago. Oh, yeah. I'd go back in a heartbeat. I should say that, too, because of the Cubs. I want to yeah. go back to a game so bad. What's one place you really want to visit that you haven't? So— I want to. Imagine that. (laughs) 
I'm actually going to San Diego after we close the issue. Uh, I've never been. So I'm You'll very excited. Um, yeah. So you said you do research. Uh, we'll talk. And then my other one is um, Iceland. We mm-hmm. just did that story, and you talked about how you had friends that went, and it was really yeah. easy to navigate with yes. the direct flight. So. It's a five-hour flight from Raleigh. I mean, a five-hour flight. That's it. I, that's insane. I'm going to warn you a little bit. I've been to San Diego a couple of times, and uh-uh. one of them was in June, and there's a thing out there that's known as June gloom. What? 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 <laughs> okay, not going there, but you need to Google it. Okay, so mine is Boston, and I'm actually working on a trip right now and planning to go to a baseball game, and there's a hotel right outside the gates of the hotel that um, is owned by this music memorabilia guy. And so he, as part of your reservation, you say what kind of music you like, and there's a turntable, and that music is in your room, and it's piped in, and what? I think Have that you is super cool. been to Boston before? I, I've been to Boston when I was a kid, kid. Like, okay. Not like, not the way I want to do it as an adult. I've only been once. It's for my bucket list football game, away football mm-hmm. game every year. Yep. So into NC State, Boston College, but we stayed at Fenway. Mm-hmm. And it, you're going to love it. I can't you wait. You're going to love it. What about international travel? I mean, you already said Iceland, but. Well, where I've, I've only been, so, well, I'm half Canadian. So I've been to Canada. That doesn't count for yeah. me, though. And the Caribbean. But the only place I've been, other, you know, outside of this area of the world is London. So I would really like to explore more, mm-hmm. um, like, Europe and things like that. What about you? Yeah, I really want to go to Italy. I just I've never been, um, and so that's that's high on my list. So that was always my dream. Like Florence was always my dream. Like as a like wanderlust teenager, like I want to go to Florence. Yes. you know. So yes. yeah, maybe someday Italy. Yeah, this is boy travel. Ma- talking about travel makes you want to travel. I know. I know. Thanks well, for chatting. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.